0: It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 11, what is effective compliance training? One of the goals of any compliance program is to train employees in awareness and understanding of the FCPA. Your specific company compliance program and to create and foster a culture of compliance. While it seems axiomatic that compliance training is a mainstay of any best practices compliance program, the conversation around training has evolved over the years. The 2020 FCPA Resource Guide, second edition, began by stating, Compliance policies cannot work effectively unless communicated throughout a company. Accordingly, the DOJ and SEC will evaluate whether a company has taken the steps to ensure that relevant policies and procedures have now been communicated throughout the organization, including the periodic training and certification for all directors, officers, and relevant employees, etc. Beginning in the fall of 2016, through the announcement of the FCPA pilot program, the Department of Justice began to talk about whether you have determined the effectiveness of your compliance training. This conversation continued with a 27 evaluation where it asked, has the company measured the effectiveness of its training? This point has bedeviled many compliance professionals, yet is now a key metric for the government in evaluating compliance training. It evolved further in the 2020 update with a mandate that training must be truly effective. Finally, training must be presented in a language in which the employees understand, which means a local language, if the training is outside the U.S. or in other non-English-speaking countries. Also raised in the 27 evaluation, was the focus of your training programs, where the DOJ inquired into whether your training was tailored for the audience. This added two requirements. The first was to assess your employees for risk to determine the type of training you need to deliver by risk-ranking your employees. Obviously, the sales force would be the highest risk, but there may be others who are deserving of high-risk training as well. From this risk-ranking, you're required to develop tailored training for the risks those employees will face. The 2020 update spelled this out in greater detail, not only with the design of your compliance training program, but who received it coupled with a back-end determination of effectiveness. Finally, all of this must be documented. So under risk-based training, the following questions were asked. What training have employees in relevant control functions received? Has the company provided tailored training for high-risk and control employees, including training that addresses risks in areas that where misconduct has occurred, Have supervisor employees received different or supplementary training? What analysis has the company undertaken to determine who should be trained and on what subjects? On form, content, and effectiveness of training, the questions posed are the following. Has the training been offered in the form and language appropriate for the audience? Is the training provided online or in person or both? And what is the company's rationale for its choice? Has the training addressed lessons learned from the prior compliance incidents? Whether online or in person, is there a process by which employees and ask questions about or arising out of the training. How has the company measured the effectiveness of the training? Have employees been tested on what they've learned? How has the company addressed employees who fail all or a portion of the testing? Has the company evaluated the extent to which the training has an impact on employee behavior or operations? I would suggest that you start at the beginning with an evaluation of your compliance training and moving outward. This means starting with attendance, which many companies tend to overlook, You should determine whether all senior management and board members have attended compliance training. You should review the documentation and confirm attendance. Make your department or group leaders accountable for the attendance of their direct reports and so on down the chain. Evidence of of training is important to create an audit trail for any internal audit or external assessment or audit of your training program. Some other metrics you should consider in in the post-training evaluation phase include an increase in the hotline use? Are there more calls in the compliance department? Is there a decrease of compliance violations, etc.? Consider using surveys to provide feedback on not simply compliance training, but determine its effectiveness of a much wider variety of areas for your compliance program. These surveys can provide critical information on the state of your compliance program and provide substantive feedback for further inclusion back into your compliance program. Testing your program using that information in a feedback loop is another key component of a best practices compliance program. The importance of determining effectiveness of your compliance program has been enshrined by the DOJ. The 2020 update confirmed that the DOJ wants to see evidence of the effectiveness of your compliance program. This is something that many CCOs and compliance professionals still struggle to determine. Both the simple But simple guidelines suggested herein, the more robust assessment and results you provide, With a start to fulfill the precepts set out by the DOJ, you will eventually need to demonstrate the effectiveness of your compliance training going forward. We're going to have a quick message from our sponsor, and we'll be back with today's three key takeaways. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, how and why have you tailored your compliance training and how do you determine its effectiveness? Number two, how about trying an espresso shot of compliance training, a short jolt to help employees remember and be engaged with your compliance training? And then finally, number three, how is your training presented? Is it both in written language and in media? If not, why not use media other than simply the written word? Because as Ronnie Feldman continually reminds us, if you use an audio or video, uh, that can help engage employees, make it more entertaining, make it more memorable, and have them remember more, which ties back to the tailored and the engagement. If you'd like more information on any of the topics in this podcast or how to design, create, and implement a best practices compliance program, check out the Compliance Handbook, which is available at lexusnexus.com slash fox. It is the single best volume for the design, creation, and enhancement of a best practices compliance program. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will join me for the entire month of January where I take a look at some of the significant changes in compliance and FCPA enforcement. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.